Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. Matt, today we have a special podcast. It's a, it's, it's a special report, a Matt Matt special report. We are going to talk today about not a single education bill. Well, well, I know that's a little misleading. Well, there, yes, we're not. We're, we're going to talk about bills that did not go before the Education and Cultural Affairs Committee. See, and that's why we need a new headline writer for some of these LDs, which you have ah, yes, clearly auditioned for in podcast past. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, you, got, you got to be constantly looking for things and make, making sure that you know opportunities are there. You never know what you might need. So, so one of the one of the LDs that we've looked at before that's on the labor committee was LD two forty, and Matt is here to give you an yeah, update. Yeah, that, that was that 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 this was a big one. This is the an act to allow public employers of teachers to negotiate regarding education policy. And here's what it would do: it would say um, to confer, negotiate in good faith with respect to wages, hours, working conditions, and contract grievance arbitration, except that. By uh, such obligation, neither party may be compelled to agree to a proposal or be required to make a concession and accept that public employers of teachers shall meet and consult and may negotiate with respect to educational policies. It strikes off the thing, um, uh, some other language, basically saying all educational policies are up in the air for being negotiated. We talked about this one back in uh, February, early March. Um, and it's been tabled until, as we're recording it, February 29th, I'm sorry, April 29th today, um, it has been tabled since then. Uh, this was a bill that we thought was just out ridiculous amount of testimony, 55 items, which was enormous for the time. Um, and then immunizations came on and said, you know, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> and, and then... Uh, so it's been kind of sitting there, not really having anything to do. Uh, but as of today, it, it, the a public hearing, I'm sorry, a work session has now been scheduled for Wednesday, May the 1st at 9.30 a.m. Cross Building Room 202. So this is this is breaking news uh, just that out today was pretty much announced. So that was our... Actually, are pretty much the only labor bill that we've talked about before. But I had, uh, or we had a person uh, email us uh, last week, I think it was, maybe early last week, saying, hey, you guys, what about this other particular bill of something about pay averaging? My superintendent wants to know. And what do you guys have to say about this? Well, the first thing I have have to say is, well, thanks for thinking of us. It will exactly you know? right. So this person was a devoted listener and was was really interested in getting our take on, on what these other ones uh, were about, some of these labor committee bills. So I get thinking, how about we do a whole pod on some of the labor ones that are related to education and teachers yeah. and uh, just give updates? Because a lot of these have already gone past. They've already been voted on. Uh, but there are, I think it's worthy to think about what some of these are, because this is, uh, as, as you know, with our financial, uh, bills, this is right up our alley when we talk about labor. It absolutely is. This is, this is, this is our wheelhouse. This is our wheelhouse. Finances might be our ballywick. Labor laws are our wheelhouse. Okay. As long as we get that, that that, separation clear, we're good. Ballywick versus wheelhouse. Kind of like, uh. What's that? The Shaw versus Hobbes. 
coming out. <laughs> no, I think the word for that is awesome. <laughs> Let's start with our first one. It's LD three hundred. It's an I like act that to movie, protect hourly. Oh, it was it was very good. It was uh, I think I don't know. Was I, it? it was okay. It was filmed weird. Yeah. yeah. So LD three hundred is an act to protect hourly school personnel pay during school days missed due to weather or emergency closures. I want to say up front again, misleading title. Yeah, a bit. This is the one that actually uh, this listener asked me to uh, review. Shout out to Julie. I know you're listening. Thank you, Julie. So this one does two things. Uh, First of all, the first section talks about uh, a school administrative unit shall provide a wage payment option to school personnel who are paid on an hourly basis that allows those employees to be paid for their work during the school year over 12 months or a shorter period. So basically the pay averaging, they spread their payout over 12 months rather than just the school year. Uh, Just like most of our teachers have that option who are on salary, uh, this would uh, mandate that anybody who's hourly paid would have that option also. Yes, it mandates it mandates an option. Uh, which is, yeah, it's kind of awkward to say that. Uh, the second part, before we get into what we think of this one, the second part talks about if school days are canceled or shortened due to circumstances beyond the control, uh, i.e. snow days, then if you were an hourly uh, employee, then you will get paid for that day up to 40 hours per school year. Um, you may pay school personnel who are paid on an hourly basis for more than 40 hours not worked in a school year because of snow days, basically. So the title of this one was, was again, to protect hourly personnel pay during school days missed due to weather or emergency closures. It doesn't talk anything about the pay averaging. Right. So this was what spurred the conversation. And there was some testimony, not a lot, I don't know, a dozen or so here. They're mostly single page, so thank you for all your testifying there. Um, basically talked about how it would be nice that the second part, it was mainly the second part, if you miss a snow day and you're an hourly employee, um, you're not going to be able to pay for some of your some of your bills, uh, especially since they happen in, this, in, this, in the winter for the most part, where you have to pay for oil. Um, these uh, people who are paid hourly in school districts usually don't get a whole lot of pay, to be mm-hmm. honest. And it's, it's really tough for them. So I, I can definitely see how that would work for them uh, to give them some relief of, of, of what they do in our schools. Uh, talking mainly about the, the snow day part there. Um, but there were some questions from MSMA, uh, mainly about that section two part. I'm going to quote what they say. They say, in Section 2, regardless of where one works, there's an expectation that hourly wages are based on hours worked. As stewards of taxpayer dollars, it would be irresponsible for us to pay someone on any other basis. Some districts do allow hourly employees to work additional hours to make up for lost time. End mm-hmm. quote. That, that was addressed in some other people's testimony, saying, yes, we make this up later, but that doesn't help us now. So I totally get where they're coming I do too. from. Uh, When we talk about Section 1, MSMA has this. They say in Section 1 it is and should remain a school district's decision on whether or not to spread out payment for hourly workers over 12 months. It can be a logistical nightmare and a burden for the business office, which may be only one person. So, again, some of the testimony by the other people address this. 
Um, again, I love reading testimony from just like regular people as opposed to like MEA or MSMA and people who do this all the time because testimony is all over the place. And it's a riot when that happens because sometimes they address what happens and sometimes right. they don't, uh, which makes it interesting to read. And of course, I don't want to discourage anyone from not testifying. Everybody needs to testify at some point. It's a fascinating experience. Uh, but they talk about how uh, it's really not that hard. My district does it, and they did it before they were computers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, take that's that. cool. And take that. And so I was asking our business office today about whether we offer pay averaging, and they said we have. And my next question was, so how many hourly employees take advantage of it? And they said uh, somewhere in 90% of right. them, which I didn't know. Which is which is cool. So it just go it just spreads out your pay over twelve months rather than uh, time worked. So they said they have uh, in our district they have a twenty six week pay option or twenty six pay period option or a twenty one week option or a pay as you earn option. And those are the three things that they offer to any our employee hourly employee. And uh, of course there are, are computer programs that do this for you. Um, so they just they just set it up that way. Yeah, seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, the the first part seems very straightforward, and it seems it's it all it's saying is you have to you know you have to provide provide an option, and I, I get where MSMA is coming from. They don't like any mandates coming down from the state level onto the local district level. Agreed. Say you have to do it this particular way, um, and I, and I get that there it could be burdensome. I totally see both sides of it. But I see that as being a lesser issue than Section 2 would be. Yeah, I think that's where the, the problem is going to come is basically it's uh, 40 hours of free pay, as yeah. it were, uh, because though you get paid for hours, you don't work. So it's kind of like uh, sick days, but not really sick days. It's snow day pay, if you want to consider it that way, up to five full days, basically. Yeah. Which I think, personally, I think that's a great idea. We should be able to support that. But you're, that's a lot of Actually, money. It's, it's actually more than five full days because most school days aren't eight hours. Oh, good point. Good point there. Good point. So that's more like probably six, six and, and a half, half to seven full days. Six and a half to seven days. days, yeah. And unless this is supported by the state somehow with, with some money, uh, that's not going to go no. anywhere. And this was actually voted on, and it is not surprisingly a divided report. What? I'm surprised and shocked. So that was a good one to, to look at. I think now, by reading one of those labor bills, Matt, I am considering myself to be almost a labor lawyer at are this you? point. I think you are too. I, oh, I am. That's that's all. That's yeah, all yeah. it took. Uh, wow. I, who needs who needs all those? I, mean, years I guess I guess right? they've really rechanged the certification requirements for being a labor <laughs> lawyer. Well, we have read about certification requirements a lot. So yeah, we have. Uh, I think I'm certified in all categories now. Well, you're definitely certifiable. I knew that was coming. So LD yeah, did, and there was a groan, and I love the groans. <laughs> Thank you. LD fourteen twelve is next. This one is an act to amend the laws governing the collective bargaining rights of employees of school management and leadership centers. Now, 
you can tell right away if, as you start looking at this act that Matt's not a fan because as soon as you turn the page, you realize, oh, there's more than one page. Yep. There, there's there's six pages of this. And of those six pages, four and a half to five of those pages is all new language. So, of course, I skipped right to the summary. Yes, that's what we do. That's how we roll. <laughs> Didn't read a single page of it because every other line seems to be existing collective bargaining agreement. I was like, oh, God, no. Uh, again, I guess that... I guess maybe that unqualifies disqualifies me from being a labor lawyer when I'm like collective bargain agreement. Oh God, my bad. Yeah, I think so, you, I think you just got a check minus on the labor law test. <laughs> I'll take check minus. That's not bad. Uh, so this check minus minus, or check minus minus minus, or just something back saying no. Just, just a minus. <laughs> I, I've had those before too. Uh, so what this bill does, it provides that employees of school management and leadership centers established under Chapter 123 are eligible to participate in the main public employees retirement system. It also establishes collective bargaining obligations, blah, 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 blah. So this has, again, two parts to it, which the testimony of which there was one, two three, four pieces. I think everybody did the same thing I did and was reading some of this and was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so MSMA first said they're opposed to it because, quote, we are not in favor of creating a collection of very small collective, collective bargaining units at school management leadership centers. We'd rather explore the option of personnel joining or staying with the union from the school districts in the collaborative that have formed a management center. Fair. The second part, they say we do support allowing certified personnel to join Maine Public Employees Retirement System or Maine PERS. The rules for allowing that to happen would have to be approved by the retirement system. So right now, uh, this this one affects me directly because I am part of it of a regional school center, and I am a director of it, and I get paid partially through that, and that's Social Security and not Maine PERS. So I have Social Security and Maine PERS right now, uh, or about to be taken out of my check. Oh, so this would combine it all into one, which is totally fair. And I know there are bills in the past trying to make Maine PERS part of the United States Social Security system to make it easier for people who have had Social Security before they become a teacher or after. But I know that's never really gone through. But I think that's going to happen probably before I retire which is not a joke, actually. No, it's not. So I'm hoping that that will happen. Uh, but this was a lot of the same thing. Uh, was was we like this, we like pieces of this, it kind of makes sense. Uh, we don't really know about the, the collective bargaining stuff uh, because if you're part of an RSC, you're probably already part of a school district. Therefore, why don't you just make the union the same type of union? And if you are joining an RSD and not in a union already, I don't know how many people that actually affects. Yeah, I mean, it could be a simple thing like you have an RSC that's overseeing a bunch of different districts, but then each district might have a separate collective bargaining agreement, right? Mm-hmm. So, so from there, this, what this is saying is, nope, we're going to create one at the top level as well. And uh, that would be really, really tiny. So technically, I could be the only person employed by by one of these centers 
And yeah. so I would be collectively bargaining for myself and for any future employee, apparently. Yes. Makes it, makes it just kind of weird. It, it does. And so let's go to the next one. Yeah, oh, I, will, I will say that that one back it was uh, back on April twenty fourth. The work session was held, but it was tabled. But they have rescheduled that to Wednesday, May first, at nine thirty a.m. Excellent, excellent. Okay, the next one we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about very, very quickly. Uh, it's LD ten forty one, an act regarding collective bargaining for public employees under the municipal public employees labor relations laws. And the summary of this one, uh, it amends provisions relating to collective bargaining uh, by repealing the provision that prohibits public employees from stopping or slowing work, striking or blacklisting public employees to prevent the employees from filling vacancies. That's a very dark sentence. And two, requiring both parties to collective bargaining to have an an individual present who is authorized to reach a tentative agreement. Kind of nice ideas. Uh, that first one I don't really get because that's like that seems like a that's a movie plot. <laughs> oh, and there's an amendment as I'm looking through here right now. I didn't look through here before because uh, this one actually was voted ought not to pass. But I'm looking at the amendment uh, presented by Representative Collings of Portland, and I like that second part there. Yeah. Um, by striking section two, oh, I read that wrong. They were going to strike out the dark part. Yeah, I, I will say <laughs> I, have, I, didn't I, like it either. I have a feeling, and I think we, I, I have a feeling I know why it was ought not to pass. Because uh, if we skip ahead to LD uh, nine hundred, yep, it's the, that because that's basically the exact same bill, and this and that nice. one, uh, LD nine hundred, an act to expand the rights of public employees under the Maine labor laws, which basically this is the right to strike bill. That, yep. that allows teachers to go strike. That's been, uh, was, it's, it's been voted into divided report. So let's talk about that one right now, since you just brought it yep. up. This one had tons of testimony. Yeah. Again, mascots or immunization, then it's pretty good otherwise. Yeah. I mean, and this, and this one broke down the same basic lines as 240, which was negotiating ed policy. You have your school board members and the uh, like superintendents on one side, and then you have the teachers on the other side. And that's really all it is. It, it, it allows the right to strike for uh, municipal employees, including teachers. Right. Oh, excuse me, public employees, not municipal ones. Right. The only, so, the only exception would be for those who uh, duties including uh, protecting public safety. Yeah. So like police officers and firefighters. Right. So one of the pieces of testimony I read was about the judicial employees. And I was like, hmm, wonder where this is going. And they said, hey, 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 we're public safety too. What about our, what about our people? We don't, we don't want them to strike either. And I was like, wow, that's random piece of testimony in there. So what do you think about this bill? Oh, first of all, where is it right now? It is, oh, divided report. It's a divided report. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm not seeing any amendments to it, uh, and I don't know when it's going to come before anything else. But my my, my thoughts on this bill are kind of kind of same with LD240. It's like that. I see. I think both sides have very legitimate arguments. Um, I think that both sides um, can uh, can really, uh, yeah, they're both really good arguments. It's really what I'm saying. So I, I don't really. 
I don't know where this goes except for it's going to be done on political party lines. Yeah, I think that's where the divider report happened. Uh, I did like most of the testimony from both sides said, uh, well, from, especially from the, the more of the, the public employee side. So for us, the teacher side was like, nobody wants to do this. But if we have to, we want to have be able to have that right. Right. Which, uh, which I think, to be honest, I think that's totally fair. They said they did one of the pieces of testimony talked about Vermont, which uh, has had the right to strike for forever. And they have lost 10 total days in the last something like 25 years due to strikes. And it was over very quickly because that kind of forced people to the table. And even though it's horrible to think of it sometimes that, uh, that the two sides can't get together, uh, it does happen sometimes. It absolutely does. So if you, it, it, if you take rights away from people uh, that other, uh, other occupations, other, other jobs have, then they, they say we, we want that right. Even though we know that if we strike, we don't get paid, we may lose our health insurance. Uh, that's going to be the drastic step to make our lives better. Yep. And a lot of the pieces on the other side were, which were against this were like, uh, because you're allowing this to happen, it's going to happen and it's going to disrupt our kids and it's going to be horrific for our state. And I realize it's just testimony, but it's all political. Like just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean you're going to right. do it. I, I, I will say one piece of testimony that stuck out and I can't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to pull the exact one because I don't remember where it was. Um, but basically said that the reason why we, you shouldn't allow teachers to strike and whatnot is because it'll push back the school year even more for days of school. And uh, schools already get pushed back a lot because of snow days and uh, our schools don't have air conditioning. And so yep. they're going to be going to school in July and August. And that's just not fair. to the, So, Air conditioning. Hey, you got to bring it all in. Somewhere. So that that was one of those that I that I looked at. Went, this is this is one way to go. I guess. Yep. If we were air conditioned, we wouldn't need this right to strike. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I just I, when when, I when when you get when you get things like this, you, uh, big. There's a lot of testimony. You really get to see what people think, and the arguments come from all over the place. Yeah, the variance in the testimony is very apparent at that point when you have more than like 10 pieces. Uh, So let's go to these last two that we're going to talk about during this special after school pod talks about LD 1184. It's an act regarding penalties for early retirement for certain members of the main public employees retirement. And you know who you are. Well, actually, (laughs) yes, in this case. So not much testimony, but it was really like, a, I'm reading this testimony. It's the first time I read this and I'm going to read specifically. And I like this one because it's got a fiscal impact statement, but here's the summary for this one. Under changes to Maine PERS in 1993, employees who were members of Maine PERS as of July 1st, 1993, but did not have 10 years of creditable service as of July 1st, 1993, are required to have... 25 years of creditable service and attain 62 years of age in order to avoid incurring a penalty of 6% of earned benefits for each year the person retires before attaining 62 years of age. Prior to that change, the penalty was 2.25% for each year below 60 years. I'm reading that. I'm like, what the heck? And then I read it closer. I'm like, wait a minute. This changes the rate of the penalty if you retired between 
July 1st, 2011 and July 1st, 2012, if you're a teacher, and July 1st, 2011, January 1st, 2012, if you're a state employee, and it only affects people that retired in that particular time period, which was now almost 20 years ago, uh, 30 years ago. I can do math. Well, right? no, it, it, it changed the pendant for the state employees who retired between 2011 and 2012, right? That oh, was, yeah, 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 yeah. That was nine years but, you, but you had to be had to be a member as of 1993. Yes. So I'm reading this like, okay, I think I finally get this. So I'm looking at the fiscal note now. I'm like, okay, not much testimony, so I can read the fiscal note and maybe I can understand it and blah, blah, blah what it does. And, da, da. Oh, and my favorite line of this one, if this legislation were to be approved by the legislature, it would create an unfunded actuarial liability. That would need to be funded immediately. <laughs> oh, wow, they're getting pretty good here. And then the next line is where it all comes together. Maine Purse has identified 115 retirees that would be so affected you do by know this who change. You are. Exactly, and it would cost the state eleven million dollars. That that that's the money, which is decent that's, that's amount the of change there. But a lot of the testimony, and I'm not going to get into the specifics here, but basically uh, we had to make this decision pretty darn quick. If we fell into this, what was going to happen to us? And uh, one of the pieces from MSEA uh, is an email in 2014. The state actually had 65 people uh, that this affects. And teachers, there were 61 teachers who had this uh, that are... Uh, a breakdown of retirees who took the 6% penalty by reduction taken. And so it affects a lot of people. Sort of, I guess. 115. Well, if you're one of those people, that, it that does affect more, you directly. That, that is more than two and football since, teams. Since you do know who you are in this particular case, yes. it makes it a lot more personal rather than a lot of these like tax cuts things, which, you know, if you're a member of the middle class, it'll blah, blah, blah. And then it turned out none of that is true. But in this particular case, you do know who yeah. you are. And so, 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 then, the, so then people yeah, who, so are, the, who are saying no to this are saying no to those individuals or saying yes to this. They're saying yes to those individuals. Yes, and this yeah. was a divided Back report. Back on April 8th. So some people did exactly that. Saying, yeah, I know who right. you are and screw you. Or I know who you are. Right. And congratulations. And say, you know, it, it is April 29th as we're recording this. And uh, I got to say, it doesn't say, it still says no divided report on the website. So. I've noticed they're not good at. You know what they're also not good at? Reports. Getting out those blue sheets. We want the blue sheets. We want more blue sheets. Yes. Call back. We have one more to do in this special pod. It is LD 1354, which is an act to eliminate the penalties for state and teacher retirees who return to employment. This one has not even gone to work session yet. This one's relatively new. So what this one does is basically you can, here's, here's what you can do. You can retire, right? I like retiring. It's a goal of mine. But eventually you might want to come back to work. Yeah. And right now yeah. there's a penalty for that one. You don't get, you don't get as much pay. 
So what this bill does is eliminates the provisions in law that limit employee of a retired state employee or teacher to five years and 75% of the compensation established for the position. There are some exceptions to that. If you're a classroom employee, um, you would get 100% of your pay. But this basically says you can come back if you want to and resume your pay as you work. So you can go ahead and retire and start collecting retirement benefits, et cetera, and then come back and get 100% of your pay. Right? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's exactly right. So MSMA is in favor of this one. Quote, this bill would remove any remnant of that language and return to the common sense practice of hiring qualified teachers and administrators when we need them without time restrictions and without salary penalties. Uh, It does talk a lot about the growing teacher shortage and increasing vacancies in the superintendent ranks, which is all true. Uh, It is hard to get teachers in some positions. And if we have a teacher who we can convince to come back to work for us, uh, I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing at all. Right. If we want them. And if, if we, we want and them. If we, if we want them and we can get them, we know they were right. effective. Why not? Yeah. So we want we want them to come back, which is great. So uh, there were a couple of questions about so Maine PERS had a, a piece of testimony about this one, uh, which honestly, <laughs> I didn't really understand at all. <laughs> to be very honest. But you're, but you're a certified it. Maine it like, labor yeah, law. Uh, yeah, but not a financial wizard, as we've uh, we've figured out here. I'm going to read uh, two sentences here uh, from the main purse testimony. The prevalence of retire rehire determines whether the cost of the practice is or is not actuarially actuarially <laughs> Jesus God significant to the plan. <laughs> Generally, cost impacts can be insignificant and not have a noticeable cost impact if the practice is used intermittently and as a stopgap measure when a permanent replacement is not available. I think I got that. Again, I was used to be a mathematics major. Key of that sentence is used <laughs> formally. to be. Uh, formally. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot going on here, uh, but basically it will make it easier for people to come back after they retire uh, if there's a shortage and the district usually asks them, I know the district I've worked in has, has rehired some retired teachers right. uh, because we need them. And I think that's, I think that's fair. People have put in their time, they get their benefits and, and that's, that totally works. And same thing with uh, superintendents. I know there's a lot of uh, part-time superintendencies in the state uh, and they are hard to fill because they are part-time and sometimes they're out of the way. Uh, so I know a lot of superintendents take multiple positions of that where they work one day a week in one district and maybe one or two days a week in another district. Uh, but they get somebody qualified that has had experience and is certified. And if they've retired before and the penalties would would decrease the possibility they come back, that's just hurting uh, districts sure. right now. Yeah, so I'm all in favor of that one. Uh, where did that one Nothing go? Yet. That one is, oh, no work session yet, I said. Nothing yet, though that's coming up sometime soon. Uh, We will give you an update on those uh, when it happens. Those bills that we talked about today are all now on our spreadsheet, which you can find pinned to the top of our Twitter feed and our Facebook page. Uh, Well, that's it. Main Ed Matters on Twitter and Main Main Education Matters on Facebook. That's where you can find us. Or uh, if you see us out in the wild, say hi and we'll, we'll we'll take a picture. One of the mats will. One of the mats usually forgets this. Well, then one of the mats will have to sit down with our 
our administrative folks and have to have a little a little talk. <laughs> Very true. I would agree with that one. All right. All right and with that, we'll talk soon. <laughs>